0: The Paul Leslie Hour Helping people tell their stories And now, your host, Paul Leslie Hey, it's me Well, ladies and gentlemen I want to introduce you to this man, John Frenzy He exists in the southeastern United States When you keep going south And I don't mean Nashville I'm talking about deeper down into the south I'm talking about where the sun almost always shines. In fact, some people call it the Sunshine State. John Frenzy is a Florida troubadour, although he has New Jersey beginnings. He is a singer, songwriter, recording artist, a prolific performer. He writes some very captivating songs, and I've also had the pleasure to hear his interpretations of other writers' music. So, John Frenzy, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Hey, Paul, it's great to be with you. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: It's our honor. So, as I was just mentioning, the story begins in New Jersey. That's correct. Tell us about those early days in New New Jersey.
1: Well, I I grew up in northwest New Jersey, uh, right on the Pennsylvania border in uh, Warren County, uh, pretty rural, actually. Actually, a rural, rural county and uh, a lot of dairy farms. And, and, uh, I was lucky enough to grow up with two older brothers and a a father who were uh, great music fans, had big record collections. So that's what started for me, digging into those record collections with, uh, of my, of my family. And, And, uh, they had great taste in music and I kind of, I kind of just dug in and, uh, and started listening at a young age. I was a record player in my room. And, uh, shortly after I decided I, I wanted to play piano. So after, after listening to some Elton John, I became a piano player or I, well, no, I got a piano, I should say. <laughs> so that's Jersey. That's how it started for me in Jersey. And I started playing in bands very young. I started, uh, 15, 15, 15, years old. I was working with guys older than me. Which was, uh, was a great experience and a great learning experience.
0: Now, would we be correct to assume that the name Frenzy is Italian?
1: Uh, it is. It is indeed. It's uh, Sicilian, as a matter of fact. My father, father's mom, my grandmother came uh, came from Sicily. Although, although interestingly enough, I uh, after after. Uh, almost a year of it sitting on my desk in my office, I, I finally uh, did one of those DNA DNA tests. And uh, I found that I'm uh, not completely Italian, which is pretty interesting and uh, eye-opening for me. So I'm excited about that.
0: So tell us about the music that you would say has made the biggest influence on you.
1: Gosh, it's, it's so, there's so many. I, I'm, I'm such a big fan of all different styles and, uh, Or or many different styles, I should say. uh, uh, But I think, uh, as far as the the music that comes out of me, uh, I think I was influenced mostly by kind of 60s and 70s kind of folk rock and singer songwriter and and uh, you know bands like uh, you know the Beatles and the Birds and and uh, Uh, Definitely John Sebastian and Love and Spoonful, Fred Neal, all that great stuff from the 60s and then in the 70s. Jackson Brown, Eagles, CSN, and of course Jimmy Buffett was a huge influence. You know, again, I was uh, back to my family. I was lucky enough to have uh, my dad and my two brothers were huge music fans. And my oldest brother, Mike, uh, would make me mix cassettes, uh, when I was still in high school and I would make, you know, put these mix cassettes in. You know, when I'm driving around in my old, my old Nova, and uh, there would be a mix of, uh, you know, Buffett and Jerry Jeff Walker and the Eagles and uh, CSN and all this you know, great 70s, all this great 70s music. So that's really what what, uh, what I grew up with.
0: Now, some of the artists that you mentioned there, uh, of course, are folk musicians, but Mm-hmm. how would you describe the john frenzy sound what would you say if somebody had not heard your music and you were trying to describe it
1: <laughs> oh you know that's interesting i've never been a big fan of genres you know or you know or labeling i mean uh, there's just you know i mean it's 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 it's, it's acoustic it's kind of country it's kind of folky it's kind of pop it's kind of you know I, I you know I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it jazz but it's got some of the songs have some kind of jazzy chord changes and definitely some kind of poppier jazzier influences uh, you know chord structures and stuff you know in addition to all the bands that I and an artist that I talked to you know the folk rock guys I also was a big huge Elton John fan and Todd Rundgren and uh, and later on a big uh, Michael Franks fan Still, am a fan of all of those, and Michael Franks, the jazz singer, but uh, but definitely pop, pop jazz, and and uh, all of the, all of those were, were, were big influences. And you know, you know, the the, the stuff that I tend to record is it's, it's got a little bit of everything in it. You know, it's definitely. I mean, if somebody had never heard my music and put it on, some might call it country, some might call it country rock or folk rock, and some of the songs are. You know, a little bit, uh, a little bit more intricate, maybe. Um, maybe have a little bit more of a, a poppy or a jazzier influence to it. I'm not sure I answered your question.
0: No, no. I, <laughs> it sounds like you're saying that your music is a cornucopia of different styles.
1: <laughs> Indeed, yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> for sure.
0: Interesting. You know, it's 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 cool because increasingly we're finding that in our, our modern times where we have such an incredible ability to listen to different kinds of music at the, you know, it's all at your fingertips. You find more and more people. Yeah. You, you find more and more people who say I listen to everything.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. I, um, I don't necessarily listen to everything, but I, but, I, but I, you know, I, I still listen to new music. I'm, a, you know, I'm one of, some of my favorite new, I'm not going to talk about the music that I love for hours. I mean, the stuff that I'm listening to now, I'm listening to, to newer kind of rock bands and singer-songwriters like Josh Rouse. He, I'm a huge fan of Josh Rouse. And, uh, you know, bands like Dawes. I love Dawes. I love Vampire Weekend. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty, pretty wide range of things that I'm, I, I'm listening to and, and inspired by, you know, I'm kind of obsessing on, are you familiar with the band Dawes? I am not. Oh, you have to check them out. Taylor Goldsmith, I think that the lead singer, guitar player who, is an absolute genius. And, uh, you know, in, 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 in following these guys, you know, it's an interesting kind of crossover because they were, they were always considered on their first couple of albums to be, you know, kind of like uh, these young guys with the seventies kind of sound and they actually went out and and um, actually toured as open for and then toured as Jackson Brown's backing band on one tour. So that kinda kinda give you an idea of of their abilities. And then the new album is completely wild. It's just uh, such a such a wide range of styles. Every song seems to be different but it's all cohesive and it all works together and Boy, yeah, I could talk about the music that I love for for days easily. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, how did you get in Florida? How did you come to Florida from New Jersey beginnings?
1: Well, um, I, I guess uh, yeah, I have I have um, uh, the Meeting of the Minds Festival to thank for that. Probably um, I, when I was still living and, and working in New Jersey, I was invited down for my my first. Meeting of the Minds Festival, the Parrothead Festival in Key West, it happens every, every, uh, every fall. And, um, this will actually be my 20th year playing this coming fall. So I had no idea that there was a, uh, a, an audience for what I was doing because when I, even when I was playing music and I was playing music all the time, the covers that I was doing and the songs that I was, write, was writing when I was living up in Jersey were, were, uh, you know, a little left to center. For instance, I was playing kind of obscure, cool Jimmy Buffett ballads in my mind, and a lot of people didn't know what the hell I was playing. Uh, when I was introduced to this audience of, of Buffett fans, it, it really clicked for me, and I thought, oh my gosh. And, then, and then, I, then I started to come a couple times a year. I would come down and I would do maybe a week in Key West and then a week playing other shows throughout Florida. I think that really... Uh, that really nailed it for me. I knew I needed to. Well, first of all, you know, I was never a fan of cold weather even as a kid. So getting out of New Jersey was just was, uh, was a matter of time, I think. And, and my wife probably uh, really made the big push where she said, "Stop talking about it. Put the house up for sale. Sure let's do it." So <laughs> I have Margo, my wife Margo, to thank for that. And uh, and all the you know all of the uh, you know, I had this stand base in Florida before I. Before I moved down here, so it was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty easy move, and you know? I was able to uh, come down and, and work and uh, and stay busy, and uh, and and I certainly love the, uh, I love the climate, I love the beach, I love, I, mean, I love where I live in Florida. So it was a, it was a pretty easy decision, and a pretty easy move, actually, much much easier than I thought it would be.
0: Do you think that there are any misconceptions that people may have about living in Florida?
1: Oh, that's an interesting question. Misconceptions? No, no. I think it. I think so. I think it's pretty straightforward. You know, there's certainly a lot of uh, you know nut jobs down here. You know, (laughs) you know the Florida man thing. There's there's tons of crazy people and uh, and tons of crazy tourists. And uh, the beaches are beautiful and the weather's warm. What else? Disney's kinda nuts, you know. Uh what else? <laughs> no, I think I think people have uh, misconceptions about Florida. No, I don't I don't think so. I I don't I, I can't think of I can't think of one.
0: I mean, I guess the one thing that uh maybe some people have an idea about oh, I'm gonna run away to either Florida or I'm gonna run away to the Caribbean and then all of my problems will go away too. <laughs>
1: Uh, maybe people are just, uh, dreaming. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people do a lot of, you know, I would say a lot of people do run away to Florida and successfully, you mm. know, it's, uh, you know, I mean, depending where you're coming from, it's, uh, it, it can be pretty, uh, pretty wonderful. And, uh, you know, parts of Florida can be very, very affordable if you're trying to run away and hide, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I, that's part of why it's, uh, it can be kind of nutty down here too. People, you know, People go crazy from the
0: heat. <laughs> so what is the John Frenzy approach to songwriting? How do you write a song?
1: Oh, I've got a pretty good system, actually. Um, I, I, I rarely finish a song on my own. So um, I have a lot of ideas, and I keep a, uh, a, a notebook. And uh, I've been lucky enough to, to meet and, and work with Continue to work with a lot of other great songwriters. So most recently I've been writing a lot with Aaron Schurz. So co-writing is a, is a big thing for me. You know, I have a lot of ideas. I think a lot of them are good ideas, but finishing, finishing songs on my own can be, uh, can be a struggle sometimes. There's really only a, only a handful of songs over the years that I, that I've written by myself. At least a handful of songs that I would still play live or let anyone listen to. <laughs> So I think my, the, the approach is get an idea, get something down, get something started, and then, and then find the right, the right person to finish it with. I, right? you know, I've done a lot of writing with Tom Corcoran, who's a great writer, and Aaron Shurros and some other folks. Yeah. I mean, I, I love to collaborate, you know, lyrically, and musically. Uh, I, it, it's just exciting for me. I, I only generally get so far writing on my own. So I just love to collaborate. That's, uh, that's been a very, very successful for me, or, or very helpful for me in uh, in writing songs that I think are 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 good.
0: Is there anyone you can think of that you would like to write with? Maybe it's a dream of yours. anybody anybody who's still with us.
1: Hmm. Wow. No, I don't know. That's a great. That's a great question. I don't consider myself a great writer or a prolific writer. So for me to visualize putting myself in a room with someone who I idolized as a writer, like a, like a John Prine or somebody like that, is pretty scary. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? So, I mean, I've, I've, I've gotten to write with, the, with, with Keith Sykes, which was an amazing experience. He's rocket fast. And I said to Keith when I was, when we were writing together, I said, Oh my God, I really, I feel like I haven't offered a whole lot. A couple of lines here, and they says, "Oh, that's okay. That's how I feel like when I'm writing with I'm John Prime, He's the same way. I'm like, oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> so it's just levels of uh, levels of ability, and, and, and but uh, yeah, I you know I can't. I can't. You know, I mean, it's interesting. I, I, you know, the people that I do write with, I, I feel, you know, like there's a connection there, and that you can kind of understand each other's uh, abilities. And, 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 qualities and, and, uh, you know, I think maybe Donovan Frankenwriter. I like to write a beach tune with Donovan Frankenwriter. Are you familiar with him?
0: Oh, yeah. Interesting choice.
1: Yeah. Really cool. I like, I like his groove stuff. And I would, I think I would be comfortable writing with him. I just saw him recently at a show and he was great. He put on a great show. And lyrically, I think that yeah, there's, there are some, similarities there i think that we could write a good song together man you know all the other people that i idolize as songwriters and musicians i would be scared to death to walk in a room with
0: them interesting you know you've you've shared the stage with some really legendary artists the late jesse winchester mac McAnally, yeah
1: yeah
0: todd snyder
1: both sweet sweet yeah, well, he's <laughs> not so sweet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you could tell us about the Jesse Winchester experience. He was just such an incredible songwriter and a great singer, too. What are your memories of, of the, the experience?
1: Oh, I, that was tremendous. I have been a, I have been a Jesse Winchester fan for, for, for many, many years. When I had the opportunity to open for Jesse up in, in Virginia, it turned out to be his last show. And it was a very small show and, uh, it was close to where he was, he was living at the time, uh, in Virginia. And I flew up there with Tom Corcoran, my friend. And, and, and I do a lot of co writing with Tom. We just, we flew up and, uh, and we got there early and Jesse was there early and just got to hang out with him in, in like kind of in an empty club. And it was, you know, in the afternoon sound check. And he was just, he was the sweetest, sweetest guy. Just, he was quiet and sweet. And, and when he got on stage, he was just brilliant and funny. Yeah, he, he was, he was, he was, just, he was a kind, kind person and just, he's just brilliant. Just him and then got string guitar, you know, nylon string guitar. And yeah, it, it was, it was just, it was amazing. And at the time, you know, he was working on his last record with Mac. Mac, you know, produced and played a lot of the instruments on Jesse's last record. And, uh, at the time they were working together and I had done a couple of shows with Mac. By that point, so we, you know, it was a little something I could relate to Jesse and, and, and talk about it. Something we could talk about, you know, other than, Oh my God, Jesse, you, you're, you know, you're amazing and, you know, it's kind of fan stuff, you know. I have to, uh, a lot of times I don't say anything, <laughs> you know, like when I got the chance to open up for Mac, all I could do was, was thank, thank him a hundred times. Like, I'm, thank you so much. It was incredible. You know, yeah. What do you say? I know. I'm, I'm, I'm always at a loss for words, trying to, trying to not sound like a knucklehead when I'm talking to people that that, that I uh, that I am a great fan of the music.
0: So, what is Mac McAnally like when you get to know him a little better? When you get to see him face to face and talk to him?
1: You no, know, he he like like Jesse even more so. Because I've had, I've had the opportunity to kind of, uh, I've got to open for him a couple of times. And then, you know, down in Key West, we've gotten to, uh, he jumped up on stage with us a couple of times. And, you know, he's just like one of the nicest human beings. Genuinely, genuinely so nice and so kind. Um, an example would be just, it was only a couple of months ago, two months ago, uh, Mac played a sold out show. In Tampa, this beautiful listening room in Tampa called the attic. And I got to open for him at this show. And I got in there and I was doing my sound check. And, um, Steve Huntington, my friend Steve Huntington was, was, was there also. And Steve offered to intro me for my little opening set, little 25 minute opening set. And the sound, and the sound person who was one of Mac's associates, a sound guy who traveled with Mac. Uh, I said, uh I said, You mind if Steve intros me? He says, Actually no, Mac's gonna intro you. I'm like, What? So Mac came out and did this glorious introduction about I used to be the oldest opener in Nashville and da 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 and, you know. He was it was just it was sweet. It was just incredible and I couldn't believe that you know, Mac took the time to come out and introduce me as his opener before uh you know, before his set. So it's just it that, you know. Solidified for me that he, he's just, just a kind, kind human being. Really, really, just outrageously nice. I don't know what else to say. He's just. I mean, he's so brilliantly talented too. I mean, he can play and sing anything. And but on top of it, he's just a, you know, one of the nicest people I've ever met. And I have to say, I mean, I've had. I've, said I've I've had the chance to to share the stage in in, in small ways with a lot of wonderful people. A lot of guys in Jimmy's band, almost all the guys in Jimmy's band. Well actually all the guys in Jimmy's current band and a bunch of the others, and every single one of them is just like down to earth, kind as could be. They're just they're just the nicest people, you know, Mike Hutley, Pete Mayer, all those guys. I mean they're just they're just the nicest people. They really, really are.
0: What is it like performing in Key West?
1: Oh, well that's it depends, you know, just like, just like that. That's a, that's a difficult question to answer. I mean, you know, the big stage shows are, are pretty incredible. Uh, it, it, it's, it's always great fun. The advantage I have of performing in QS is that when I'm performing in QS, there's always a, 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 there's always a group of fans that are there, whether it's the Meeting of the Minds Festival or if we're doing QS Songwriters Festival. We're lucky enough to, to have a lot of people that know our music that are there and, 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 you know, the audience makes the show always, every time. And it's just, you know, for the, for music, uh, the meeting of the minds. I had, I had another festival in my brain for a second for meeting of the minds. It's such a well done event. And, and then we get to play, you know, we get to play with most of the coral reefers that are there, usually either, either popping in or out or something that's scheduled and, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fantastic. You know, that setting is beautiful. Great, great, uh, great festival, well run, and, and we get to play with a lot of amazing musicians. So, it's, it's, uh, it's great fun. And, and again, this is my 20th year that I'm going to be doing this, which is hard for me to believe. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, and, uh, and it's still exciting. It's still exciting to get down and play these shows, and, and uh, It's a cool place I love Key West
0: That's just astounding 20 years of playing That festival down there So tell the listeners out there What does John Frenzy Like to eat When he's in Key West Because as a lot of people know You can eat Quite well in Key West If you have an appetite So what do you eat Where do you go Tell us Tell us the skinny on that.
1: Oh, oh, that's hilarious! Wow, oh, there's so many great restaurants. You know, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't often get the chance to go out and 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 have a great meal in Key West. I'm, I'm usually, uh, I'm usually running from show to show or um, to where I, El Cibonet is one of my favorites. It's been around forever. That's the Cuban place. I love El Salvador. You know, if I'm in the mood for a burger, you, you, the, the Salty Angler is amazing. Uh, the, the burgers and the fish tacos and all that—it's just great stuff. The Salty Angler on the Wall. I guess the place I probably visit the most is Five Brothers. Five Brothers Deli on Fleming Street, because I'm, I'm an early riser and I always go up there for breakfast. If there's, if there's one constant, it would be i hit five, five Brothers Deli in the morning and I'd get my my uh, egg and cheese on Cuban and a large Cafe Camache, and, and that's, yeah, and the sandwich, all the sandwiches are great there, you know, it's been around forever. Local, local joint, and I know I'm forgetting 20 others, but I, you know, my old favorite used to be Dennis Pharmacy, that was the place, the bank now, but that was the, you know, Dennis Pharmacy would have, would have the little diner uh inside, and you go up and get a cheeseburger or whatever, four bucks or something hmm. dating myself but anyhow there's so many great places you see, uh, great great italian food that would be a place right around the corner from uh, margarita though i can't remember the name of it no, no. i don't know just i don't that's, know that's a poor answer to a, to a great question I, I, I don't know
0: oh no i i could uh i don't think that was a poor answer I could see the sandwich and the café con leche in, in my mind. and Oh, yeah. I haven't had dinner yet, so immediately I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't mind telling you this. We mentioned briefly Todd Snyder, which you've had the chance to mm-hmm. share a stage with. Yeah. I wouldn't be telling anybody something they didn't know, because for anybody who listened to that interview... You could tell. I don't think in my entire life. I, in fact, I know I've never interviewed someone who was more <laughs> drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are your recollections? Do you have a Todd Snyder story, or or what are your memories of sharing oh, yeah, stage? Oh I have a great. I
1: have a, I have a. I have a. I do have a Todd Snyder story. Yeah, I um. <laughs> I opened for Todd in New Jersey a long time ago, many years ago. It was at a radio station. It was an Americana radio station just outside of Princeton, New Jersey. And it had, it was built, the, the station was um, in an old, a 200-year-old blacksmith shop. And they had converted the upper level of this into a loft. And that's where they had these concerts. And you could squeeze about 40 people, maybe maybe 45 people into this. It was beautiful Venue for small acoustic acts. And I got to open for a, a, a handful of great people there, and, and well, the Todd Snyder show. Uh, I was there early. I got my sound check in across the street. There was a you know, matching stone bar that was probably 200 years old. I forget what it was called, but I, I was at the bar hanging out, and um, I get a tap on my shoulder. Uh, you know, maybe I was sitting there a half hour, and I turn around. and and there's this guy and, I knew, and it was Todd. He's like, Hey, I'm Todd Snyder. Got any pot? <laughs> <laughs> I know he introduced himself.
0: <laughs> oh, that's wonderful.
1: <laughs> sort of can't make that up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, uh, and, and then, you know, we went over and, and did the show and, uh, and, and Todd kind of got frustrated and, and played for about a half hour and, and just left, <laughs> which was not uncommon for him, especially at the time. So, uh, I, I you know I, I don't I don't know him at all, and, uh, but I've only I've only read the reviews. So, but uh, so yeah, that was my that was my Todd Snyder. Hey, I'm Todd. Got any pot? That's how he introduced himself, like just like that, that quickly. Yeah, so,
0: very yeah. interesting. So, <laughs> you you were mentioning one of your songwriting collaborators earlier, Tom Kirkoran, and. I'm curious to know if someone who writes novels—if it's any different—writing songs with somebody who writes books.
1: Uh, it is. It is absolutely, I, I, and it's definitely different. Writing with Tom Corcoran is, is different than writing with other writers that I've worked with. You know, it, it's there's a lot of a lot of imagery in Tom's. In Tom's words, which is which is pretty cool, and sometimes he can be a lot of words to sit through when we start writing together. He writes songs. I guess that's a novelist would write songs in long form. There's a lot of words, very wordy. Uh, so it's definitely a different different uh, vibe than say writing with Aaron Shires. He's a Nashville, you know, hit songwriter. And he gets to the point and boom. And we're going to get to that hook and, and, two verses and a chorus and we're done. You know, some of the songs I've written with Corcoran are pretty wordy, you know, and, uh, and it's, uh, it's a different experience. Yeah, for sure. But, but then again, you know, writing with, and, and Tom's the only novelist that I've written with. So I can't compare him in that way to anyone else. I can only compare him to other songwriters that I've, that I've written with. Yeah, I, everybody's different. Everybody has their own style and where they approach things and, and you know, and I'm, I'm, I am grateful, very grateful to be able to work with, with, uh, with both of them or others, you know, working with Keith and Aaron and, and Corcoran that they're all, they're all amazing writers and uh, they all have different styles for sure.
0: Is there a favorite place that you have played?
1: Hmm. Wow. Favorite venue? No, I don't think I have a, I don't think I have a favorite venue, but, uh, I definitely have a favorite style of, of venue. I mean, I play, I play a lot of small listening rooms where, you know, the announcement is made before the show that this is a listening room. Turn your phone off and, uh, if you need to have a conversation, you step out back to the bar or whatever. And, so I, I, love, uh, I love her. And this was a great one in, uh, well, the place that I opened for Matt in, in Tampa was amazing. That's called the Attic. It's, uh, it's called the Attic over, uh, it's over a brewery. Rock Brothers Brewing. It's over a brewery. It's a beautiful listening room. It's one of the best listening rooms I've ever played in St. Petersburg, Florida, called the Highway Cafe. And that's, that's an amazing room. I love that. Uh, where I opened for Jesse up in, uh, in Virginia was, was another amazing listening room um you know and I, and I love I love house concerts too I just I just did a um I just just got back yesterday from a I did a whole east coast run I about 3400 miles in, in 10 days and it was uh it was good I played a lot of house concerts and uh, I love I love that type of venue too there's people where I get to tell the stories and play the songs and you know, people are interested. They're there they're there for the for the music and there for the there for the uh you know, the, the kind of the quiet storytelling which is kinda of cool. I enjoy that I enjoy seeing shows like that too. So yeah, I mean I've I've played venues like that all over the country and I just I just love it. I just I love I love playing intimate shows where you know it sounds great and you know, get to interact with the folks that are there to see the show.
0: On the note of interaction, what's the most flattering thing someone's told you or the thing that someone has told you that's been the most touching?
1: Hmm. You know, I've had a number of people come up to say that a certain song has really helped them through a, a difficult time, which I which I've always... Sound just amazing. I mean, I can I can relate to it because you know songs mean that to me too. I mean songs, you know, they, you know they'll celebrate or they'll will help you get through or they'll be therapy. Or, so I, I've had a number of times I've had people come up and say, hey, you know, I have to tell you, you know, I was going through this or or was ill in some way, and um, and uh, a song that I wrote really helped them through that. And uh, you know that's. That's amazing. I mean, that's to me—that's you know, what music is supposed to do. So that's the—that's yeah. I've been lucky enough to experience that. Pretty incredible.
0: What is the best thing about being John Frenzy?
1: <laughs> I don't know. That's that's a—that's uh, an interesting question. Huh. I think I don't know I think anything that I would I, I would I would feel selfish answering that question hmm Nothing about being you know. I guess I guess i I just lucked out I've, I've got to be I'm a very I'm a very lucky human being I get to do what I love to do and uh and people seem to like it I get to keep busy and uh and uh, call this my life you know playing music is my work and I get to work with some incredible musicians, insanely talented musicians and writers, and so I guess the best thing about being me would be I, I I got very, very lucky somehow. I'm not sure how. But I'm a lucky I'm a lucky guy.
0: I have very vivid memories of watching and hearing you perform down in Key West. And one of the things that I remember so much is just how you interpreted the songs in your own way, and there was a bit of jazziness to what you did, to what you do, I should say. It's got to be an incredible blessing to to be able to touch people, that somebody can remember what you do so well. And I know that there's a lot of people who love your music, because I've heard from those people. So I want to thank you, John, for coming on this show.
1: Well, thank you, Paul. I can't. I'm. I, I'm honored. I, uh, I. I've listened to many of your podcasts, and I was pretty. I think I. I told you when we spoke before. Uh, um, I was a little. A uh, little nervous. You asked some tough questions, and I. And uh, I, I really. I really enjoy your show, and it's been my pleasure. I'm honored to be part of it. I hope. I hope I've answered your questions, and uh, in a way that uh, that makes sense. You know.
0: Sometimes I have a tendency to go off and do so. I've absolutely enjoyed talking to you, but I always like to end the show. I like to give the guest the stage. I'd like to let them just take the microphone. There's all kinds of people listening in. Uh, A lot of them, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. are familiar with your music, but then there's other people who maybe are just dropping in for the first time and becoming aware of you. So what would you say to anyone who's tuned in?
1: What would I say to anyone?
0: Yeah,
1: as in uh, a piece of advice?
0: Uh, not necessarily a piece of advice. Maybe um, you know, just it could be anything, totally open ended. You have you have a, hmm. the platform, so to speak. Oh boy, that's that's that. It doesn't even have to be about music.
1: Well, yeah. Okay, good, good. It, I would just say to anybody listening you know, do something that matters. Whatever that is, even in the smallest way. You know, tomorrow morning, do something that matters. Make somebody's life a little bit easier.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that would be great. You imagine if everybody did that?
0: Yeah. Well. Wow. That's a great thought.
1: <laughs> well, it's the first thing that came to mind.
0: Do something that matters. I like that. Anyone out there, if they want more information or to get in touch, it's johnfrenzy.com. F-R-I-N-Z-I, johnfrenzy.com. Mr. Frenzy, thank you very much for spending time with us.
1: Oh, Paul, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. I really, really appreciate it.
0: It was an honor. Until next time. Thank you, Paul. God bless.
1: Take care. Papa doodly zing bang booya ducky, Japa na a cock a ka a chila, on ka cheetah, lapaka goodbye.